Right there. I don't this is your wake up call. Charlemagne the God. The realest show on the planet. This is why I respect this show because this is a voice of society. Changing the game. You guys are the, the coveted morning show, but y'all earn that. Impacting the culture. They wake up in the morning and they, they want to hear that breakfast club. The world's most dangerous morning show. We in the mother. We in the- wake up, goddammit. What's happening? Charlemagne the God here from the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Uh, DJ Envy and Angela Yee are running late this morning. Oh, it feels good to say that. Dropping the clues bombs for me for being prompt and on time. Okay? Well, I'm not really on time because my contract says 6.05, so I'm actually just early. I just happened to be in the building. So I decided to bless y'all uh, with my presence five minutes early. Okay, happy Friday the 13th. Do we, scare, do, do we still care about Friday the 13th? Is that still a thing? Like, do, do people still look at that and feel like it's superstitious? It's not, right? Because every day of your life, you wake up and you try to avoid crazy, and crazy can happen on any day. Friday the 13th is just a marketed day because of Jason Voorhees that makes us think that something bad can happen. But, nah, I don't subscribe to that. Now, this morning on the show, we have one of my favorite authors, somebody that I thoroughly enjoy. If you've ever read his books like uh, David and Goliath or Blank or The Tipping Point or The Outliers, he has a new book out now called Talking to Strangers, which I uh, had the pleasure of reading a few weeks ago. Malcolm Gladwell will be here this morning, okay, to talk to us about how none of us know how to communicate with each other. That's what his new book is about. And also, who else we got on the show this morning? Hitmaker. Formerly, the artist formerly known as Youngberg. Or should we say the executive formerly known as the artist Youngberg. He'll be here this morning. All right, we got front page news coming up next. I guess we're going to be talking about the Democratic debate. And I guess I'll be here talking about it by myself. It's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. What the hell? You beat me here? Hey, man. I didn't actually beat you here. My time to be here is 6.05. I just happened to be early because uh, my barber's here because my receding hairline is showing. Okay. And you know it's Friday the 13th, so that's bad luck to have your receding hairline showing on Friday the 13th. Okay. I just made that up on the fly. And let me apologize to everybody on the road this morning. I'm sorry. Why? What'd you do? Who'd you kill? I was late. Who'd you kill, Brandy? I ain't killed nobody, but I was uh-huh. late, so I had to get here. But let's get in some front page news. Uh, sir? What? You got to do front page news. Oh, hold on. I was too busy putting Vizine in my eye. All right, listen, the Democratic debate was on last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard not to watch those debates and think to yourself, Trump 2020. Why it's hard that? not to think MAGA because it sucks, man, because those Democratic candidates seem qualified, like they are all better humans than Trump. But sadly, they just not entertaining enough to, to get the casual voter excited. Well, you weren't excited. You were bored. I mean, it was, it was cool. I mean, it had a lot of substance to it, but... Wasn't enough flair. Wasn't enough. Okay. Okay. But then you got uh, Andrew Yang. Um, he he expounded on his universal basic income last night. But he, he wants, I guess, I guess to test it out. Yeah. My campaign say. will now give a freedom dividend of $1,000 a month for an entire year to 10 American families. Someone watching this at home right now. If you believe that you can solve your own problems better than any politician, go to yang2020.com and tell us how $1,000 a month will help you do just that. That'll get them 10 extra votes. Absolutely. I mean, it's 10 families. Yeah, get, yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, what else we got? You're not doing this front page news thing pretty good. What else you got, bro? What else I got? Um, Mayor Pete, he was talking. Can we talk about that? He talking was... about what, though? Biden and Castro. Yeah, let's do Biden and Castro. Biden and Castro had a nice little exchange. Okay. 
If you want Medicare, if you lose the job from your insurance company, from your employer, you automatically can buy into this. You don't have no pre-existing condition can stop you from buying in. You get covered. Now, Castro responds. The difference between what I support and what you support, Vice President Biden, is that you require them to opt in. And I would not require them to opt in. They would automatically be enrolled. They wouldn't have to buy in. They not. do not have to buy in. You just said two minutes ago that they would have to buy in. You said they would have to buy in. Are you forgetting what you said two minutes ago? Hey. Best moment of the night, uh, Julian Castro, age shaming Joe Biden, mm -hmm. <laughs> accusing him of having dementia, clearly. Goodness right? gracious. I, mean, I put too much sauce on that. He did a little too much nah, sauce. No, nah, no, that, that sounded like he was accusing him of having dementia. Oh, boy. Now you want to get to Mayor Pete? All right. This is why Come presidential on, debates are becoming unwatchable. Yeah. Yeah, where, this where reminds everybody of what they cannot can I, stand about Washington. Scoring I, points against each other, poking I, at each other, and telling each other that, that you're my plan, your plan. Look, we all yeah, That's called a Democratic primary election. <laughs> that's called an election. My goodness. Mayor Pete was solid last night, but when Mayor Pete was last here, I told him that... Um, he had know, to step it up. He had to step it up because mm -hmm. he kind of sucks in the debates. And he didn't suck in the debate last night. He's, all, he's always solid, you know, but last night with Julian Castro, told him is real like bro this is the debates right okay we here to, to throw dirt on each other and throw mud on each other all right and question each other's records right all right that's what we're here to do okay that's all it. right all right and uh last night the buccaneers the buccaneers beat the panthers 2014 there was football on last night yeah i watched mm. a little bit of it i was on the plane coming back from milwaukee dropping the clues bombs from milwaukee i was in milwaukee yesterday at the minority uh health Film festival, mm -hmm. talking about my favorite subject, which is mental health. Mental health. Mm -hmm. They gave me a um, a plaque yesterday, a proclamation. Yeah, they they gave me one when I was there a couple of weeks ago. And shout out to Milwaukee. If anybody's Milwaukee, into real man. estate, uh, that's my next spot where I'm going. Milwaukee has a lot of property, a lot of inexpensive property. Uh, they're building it up. There's a lot of hardworking people in Milwaukee, so it's a great area to look for real estate. I just, I just got so much love from Milwaukee. Salute to everybody that listens to us on V100.7 because mm -hmm. that was the first city in the country yep, that, that syndicated, syndicated the us. Breakfast Club. Salute to Bailey. Salute to Reggie. Every time we in Milwaukee, I just like the city of Milwaukee. I love it, too. Just a dope-ass city. Yes. All right. And shout out to Mr. G's Barbershop. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the front page news. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent. Hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Mark, good morning, Mark. Good morning. Oh, my goodness. I thought this was a different Mark, but this is Marquisha. Marquisha, good morning. If that's not... How many times I got to tell you that's not my name? What's oh, your name? Well, we not used to hearing a woman named Mark. That's not her full her real name. It's short Can for I something else. Can I have a nickname? Okay, nickname Mark. Yeah, I think that we should call you Quish. <laughs> that is not my name. Why you, know, you call me that? Your name Marquish, right? No, it's not Marquish. What's your name? Mark. <laughs> Go ahead, Mark. Get it off your chest. I saw your interview on Malik Yelba. What you think? He was rambling. <laughs> okay. Did it give you clarity or are you confused? No, I'm just as confused as everybody that was in your comments. Yeah, we definitely still confused. But you know what? It's not about understanding their lifestyle. It's understanding that they have the right to live and they should not be killed for simply being transgender. Absolutely. I agree with that with any human being. But he that, still needs exactly. to talk to Chris, though. <laughs> he did what with Chris? I said he needs to talk to Chris. Chris who? Chris Brown. I'm not messing with you this morning. Man, shut I'm up, not Mark. messing with you this Why morning, Mark. What's wrong with you, Mark? Goodness gracious. Tim, good morning, Tim. 
Hey, good morning, DJ. Hey, Charlie, man. How you guys doing? What's up, What's King? up, bro? How you doing? Well, I just want to spread a little positivity today. You know, it's Friday the 13th. You no, know, it's supposed to be an unlucky day, but, you know, I want positivity. Just want to say congratulations to Charlie, man. Proclamation for yesterday. I did uh, what yesterday? Let's talk about your, your uh, the, proclamation. Oh, thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Salute to the city of Milwaukee. Yeah, I follow, I follow you on uh, Instagram. And, uh, I DM'd you not too long ago on a little bit of uh, organization that I have here over in Long Island called Young and Motivated. My uh, Instagram is Paul underscore Tales, B-A-L-E-Z. And, uh, you know, I basically I wanted to talk to you a little bit more and see if I can get you out here to Long Island, more particularly Brentwood, New York, if I maybe raise a little more awareness on mental health or... Well, hold, you know what? Around. Hold on. Let, let me um, put you on hold and yeah. you talk to his assistant and, and I'm sure if they got some time free, they this one about I'm going I'm to I'm I'm look up your Instagram because um, I don't be checking my DMs, but now that I know that you actually hit me, I'm going to reach back out to you. But, yeah, matter of fact, contact the email on my IG. Contact the email on my IG. Gotcha. Will do. So All right. Three, three All, All right, right, brother. Have a good one. Darius. Good morning, Darius. Hey, how you doing? What's up? Get it off your chest. Hey, every morning I wake up, leave the house at 5 o'clock in the morning, and my girl stays in an extra a couple hours, and all she does is rolls over the bed and just go, sleeps on my side, and it makes me angry every morning. How you know she rolls on your side? How you know not somebody else is not on your side, brother? Hey, come on now. Ain't nobody else rolling on my side. But I know every time I leave the house, I love you, baby. She just sleeps on on my side and just rolls over there and just makes me so mad because she can be getting up with me. I don't know what the hell he's even talking about. He's mad because he has to leave earlier than his girl. And his girl stays home all day and sleeps in, in the bed and rolls over on his side of the bed. But I told him what's there's probably somebody else that? in that, that bed, brother. I don't think nobody else in the bed, but what's wrong with your woman, your queen, staying at home while you go out and make the bread? What's wrong with that? It ain't that. It's just I just get up so early. You know how people get up early. You just want to know stuff. When you nah, we don't know how people get up early, yeah, bro. We have no clue on people getting up early, sir. None whatsoever. Nah. What does it feel like? What does it feel like? To wake like? up at 4 in the morning and have to be to work by 6. I wouldn't know the feeling. You know the feeling, Envy? Nope. Nah. <laughs> hey, but on the real, though, I want to shout out my girl. I love her. We just closed on the house, so congratulations on us. Congratulations, bro. I love her, too, though, man. Okay, y'all. All right, bro. <laughs> Trav, what you want, Trav? <laughs> Yo, what's up? What's up, MV? What's up? You can talk about anything you want, Trav, except for the Cowboys. What no, you, you talk, talk about, about them Cowboys, Trav, hey, and hey, not in the Brokeback Mountain type of way either. Drop the clues off for the Dallas Cowboys because we found Yo, listen, we going to whoop the bum skins, the dead skins ass. Yes, we on are. Sunday. Yes, we you know, are. We got too many weapons out there. And I mean, our wide receiving core is ridiculous. And if we can't use the wide receiving core, we got Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard to run and pound the ground all That's over That's right. Y'all. So, yeah. We can we killing y'all, man. Trav, goodbye. This is our year for real, wait, Trav. Wait, wait. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, right quick. Uh, can I talk about something real quick? Can you shout at your son? You got a son? Go ahead, hurry up, Trav. Solomon, you full of. Hey, why? Watch it, man. why? What I do? I want to let you know, you When did y'all record? When did y'all record that Malik Yoba interview? Two days ago. Why? No, so, was it two days ago? Yeah, like three, two, three days ago. Yep. I don't even so, remember. Oh, so, it was, so, so it was this week that I recorded it, like on Monday or something? Yeah, why was up? I think it was Monday. It was Monday. Matter of fact, it, it was, was Monday. Monday. It was Monday. It was Monday. Charlamagne, I called in and I asked you, did y'all ask him about him touching that 14-year-old girl? And you told me that you didn't even hear about it on Monday. But no, no you, called, you, called, you called after we had did the interview. And we told you that we didn't ask him about it. That, yeah. It wasn't about that conversation. It was, it was This was about transgenders so, so, and open conversation. Yeah, if, if you recorded it on Monday... And, but you recorded Brilliant Idiot last week, and on Brilliant Idiot, you clearly said that you heard about it. I recorded Brilliant. I recorded Brilliant Idiots Wednesday. 
Yeah, and you heard about it. No, Wednesday of this week. No, 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 no. Last, your last brilliant idiot. Chav, yeah, I heard. Chav, this seems like a, a, a domestic argument. I'm going to have to uh, put yeah, you on hold so you guys can argue at home, okay? All right, all right. bye. <laughs> Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Mark, what's up, Mark? Or oh, Mac? What's hey, going on, DJ Evie? What's your name, Mark or Mac? It's Mac. All right, Mac, my bad. Get it off your chest, bro. All right, so uh, yesterday I, I lost a grand total of 180 to about 200 pounds. Got my divorce decree. Oh, you got I'm your free. divorce yesterday? Yes, I did. Congratulations. How come it didn't work? Uh, let's see. She pulled out a gun on me three times. She fired it one time as I was PCSing from Fort Hood to Fort Stewart, like the day before I was leaving. But so, why uh, she do yeah. it, though? Why she pull out a gun? Did you got to hit her? both sides. Okay, both sides. The marriage, I mean, it was it was rocky at times, but she wasn't taking her medication. And she had PTSD uh, and whatnot. Oh, she's she's in the military, too. She's she's a veteran. Well, she needed some help. She needed some help. She needed, you know, people to say that, you know. Was, no, no, no. She was getting help. And she okay. was taking her medication. And then she started feeling better. And some people, when they start to feel better, they're like, okay, I don't need my medication anymore. That's when you need to keep taking your medication because that's when it's starting to help the most. You know, some, some people will say, when, you know, when, when your spouse is going through their worst, that's when you're supposed to hold it down even more. You know, I was holding it down for two years, and two years I was holding down two households and one income, and that, that was rough. Hmm. Yeah, but you know what? It, it says, till death do us part, through better or worse. And you're in the military. You're in the military. She's in the military. You know, you should understand what she go, what she was going through as a veteran. And I can't tell you how to live your life, right. but you should have helped her get some help. Did you at least try to help her get some help? You you talking about bills and all kind of stuff. I'm talking about help for her mental health. I'm talking about help for her mental health. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, well, I'm glad if you got the divorce and it makes you happy. I'm glad you're happy, brother. Appreciate it, brother. Enjoy your day. Hello, who's this? Oh my goodness. Is this Andre 3000? Sounds like it. Hello? Hello? Tracy, you playing your flute? Oh, yeah, I was practicing while, while I was waiting for you guys. What's uh, going on, know, Tracy? The, 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 I, I just wanted to say the gentleman yesterday who was in, talking about the football, he was saying that certain uh, athletes shouldn't get anything until they earn it. Are you talking about Stephen A. Smith? He yes. didn't say that. Yes. He said that too many people are being celebrated and they haven't won anything yet. Okay, we will, okay, well, I understand what he's saying, but I'm saying that sport is highly volatile. And even if they haven't really earned anything yet, the fact that they step on that field, they can lose their life, their limb, their mobility. Anything that they can get, as long as they're not being uh, egregious or highly uh, insensitive to other people's feelings, they should be entitled to because, you know, they can lose their life the first day they get on that field. You're right. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't think whatever they can get, they can get because sooner or later they're going to be exploited. You're just a slave anyway in a high uh, intensity field where everybody sees you, but you still have the chains on you. And anytime they can tell you what to do, where to do, where to go, what to wear, what to dress, what to say, you're done. You're right. So get 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 it and then use it for your community once you're free. That's right. what I say. Yeah, I get I get I what Stephen what A was saying. saying. No, Stephen A was just like some of these guys are just so popular. That they get endorsement deals and yeah. stuff like that, but it should be based off performance, not popularity. But like she said, you step on that field, you get a, you get injured. That's it. Your career is over. You know what I mean? And that's something that you're young. You're stupid. It takes a little while for you to acclimate to those certain situations where you say, you know, I'm acting like a buffoon. I'm doing this. I should earn it. You gotta give some. These are young guys. You gotta give them some time to mature a little bit. Now, Tracy. That's you know, and so and I think they'll make it if you just leave them alone and just like not harass them so much. Now, Tracy, do me a favor. 
Yes. It's Friday. Play Big Pippin on that flute. Oh, okay. Hold on, hold on. Whoa. See, you got me. Hold on. Let me, let me get in the right position because Tracy, I'm in the position. Yeah, you got to sit up. I can yeah, tell Tracy, you that you sound down. good, Tracy. Just try this again. Nah. Nah. That's parking lot pimping. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Tracy. Goodness gracious. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. When we come back, we got rumors on the way. Swiss Beats. He buys a whole home, like a real home. And it kind of reminds you of Tony Stark's home. We'll explain it when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The Rumor Report. Gossip. With Angela. Angela Yee. It's The Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. All right, well, Swiss Beats, I'm sure by now y'all have seen the new houses Swiss and Alicia have bought. It looks incredible. Let me tell you, Swiss is my inspiration when it comes to, he inspires me to go harder. He sent me a picture of that house about a week ago, two weeks ago, and I, I couldn't even reply. I was just like... $20.8 like million. That. Dollars. Yes, and, um, so, and today's his birthday, too. Shout out to Swiss Beats. Give him a round of applause. Drop a, a bomb for him. Do both. That is crazy. All right, well, here's what he told Angie Martinez about their new mansion. Because the reports say it's like the Tony Stark's house. Yeah. Is this really what it is? Yeah. But is it like a recreation of it? It's where, it's where Tony Stark's got the inspiration. So Wallace Cunningham is the designer. The Razor House is very, very uh, famous piece of architecture. And um, yeah, that's the house. And you bought it? That's the house. It's in Arizona, so I guess Swiss is moving to Arizona. I mean, they have so much money, they're going to probably live both. But the house is amazing. It has, like, a huge garage. The views are just to live, to die for. I mean, it's... To live, to die. Yeah, it is. (laughs) If you haven't seen the house, Google it. I mean, Swiss, sheesh. All right, now, another good news. DJ Khaled and his wife, Nicole Tuck, they are expecting their second child together. So congratulations to them. Congratulations to Khaled, man. Yes, he wrote, God is the greatest, and he did an Instagram video of his wife receiving an ultrasound. That's dope. Congratulations to Khaled. Did he say another one? Yes, he did. He did, did, right? I'm sure he did. He had to. At the post, he put, Mama, aside, aside, we got another one. There you go. (laughs) You got to do it. All right, and speaking of kids, let's talk about Chrissy Teigen's daughter, Luna. She is always saying funny things, and Chrissy's always talking about the funny things that her daughter says. Well, she posted this video of her daughter, Luna, talking about her boyfriend. He always listens to my feelings. Oh, that's nice. What else does he do? He always shares. Oh, Is he cute? Yeah. Is he your boyfriend? No. He's a cute, cute boy friend. <laughs> nope. Oh, it's so cute when little kids say funny how old is, How old is her daughter? Three? Nope. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Charlamagne. Nope. nope. Not encouraging none of that from my daughters. Nope. Oh, my God. Not gosh. even a little bit. Nope. She don't even know what she's really saying. That's right. It just sounds cute. Nope. They could be friends. You don't. They could be friends. And she has the nicest, cutest little things to say. She got a friend that's a boy, bro. Nope. He listens to my feelings. Oh, I love that. He's oh, really, please. really cute. Uh, they only do that at that age, and then we come back around at late, in late 30s, so you better enjoy it now, little girl. <laughs> <All right? laughs> you only care about your feelings at that age in late 30s. All right, and congratulations to Davido and his girlfriend, Choma. They are now engaged, so that's exciting news. Now, for everybody that's engaged, there's people that are getting divorced, and Adele has filed for divorce from her husband. And they've been uh, married after, I guess, more than seven years they've been together. Mm. 
and the divorce filing was a long time coming. You know, back in April, she announced that they were separated. They do have one child together, and they are committed to raising their son together lovingly. They've been mostly out of the spotlight with their relationship since they started dating, and, you know, they got married in a very secret ceremony. She didn't even confirm that they were married until a couple of years ago, and now I guess it didn't work out, so it's over. Okay. But here's something that is working out. A girlfriend's reunion Come on, on now. Blackish. Come on now. <laughs> What's girlfriend's? Drop one of clues bombs for girlfriends, damn it. Don't worry about it. If you don't know, you don't need to know. And I'm not here to explain. What's girlfriends? I don't I don't know what that is. Talk to them, ye. Well, well, what they doing? Of course you should know who that is, but Tracy Ellis Ross said that basically she's going to merge the worlds of blackish and girlfriends. She said it was surreal for me and so much fun. We got the audio. So we have an extra special episode of Blackish, and it's a feminist episode. And I brought in some backup from some of my girlfriends. Oh hell yes! What? <gasps> Shut every door! Oh. Ah! That's why your nipples are so look hard. Look at this God. Morning. Look at God. Look at God. Won't He do it? This is gonna get us girlfriends, fanatics, closer to the closure that we all need. Because I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. You saw how this story took off in the news yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And then when it airs, it's gonna be trending, mm. and then everybody gonna be wanting to go watch reruns of Girlfriends, and the DVD sales gonna shoot up, and some executive who's culturally clueless, some white culturally clueless executive, or hopefully some black executive who knows says, you know what would be good? If we gave these women a miniseries and gave the, the fanatics of girlfriends the proper closure that they deserve. Mm. Well, if you know how it ended, it ended just open-ended. We don't know what happened. Do you want to know when it's airing, this episode? October what? October 8th. Mm-hmm. And Blackish does return for their sixth season on September 24th. Come on now. You know what's funny? Charlamagne walked in today and his nipples were hard. I was like, oh, because I got a haircut. My nipples were not hard. You know what I mean? I thought he was looking at me. But it was actually because Girlfriends is back. My See? nipples were not hard, but uh, I am very excited because I am a Girlfriends fanatic. If you know anything it was about gay, me. So what? If you know, <laughs> it's gay to watch a show full of black women. Who yeah. said that? Drum. No, the nipple The guy who hates the beehive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. I, why do people say that, though? Being that I love girlfriends, they be like, oh, you gay. He said it's because your nipples are hard, but that's not true. <laughs> Watching a show full of women makes you gay? You know, well, makes your nipples hard. I'm gay, then. God what are y'all it. even talking about? I don't know. Being gay. <laughs> File keep up, ye. <laughs> Me and loving oh girlfriends. All right, well, I'm Angela Yee, and that's your rumor report. <laughs> I mean, Malik Yoba did ask you. You didn't answer correctly. He said, what are you? And you... Yeah, I was confused. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 At least he's honest that was about a, that. That was, a, that was a trick question. <laughs> that, was, that was a trick question. And, what by, and, and by the way, what I've what I, what I, what I, been calling myself all of these years, they was like, nope, you're a cisgendered, heterosexual, something male, else. Male-loving male. Male-loving male. They said that for real? Oh, they didn't say that. So <laughs> what? That was a good one, drunk. See how you confused you? I couldn't even follow. See how you confused me? Just now? I couldn't even follow. You did pretty good. That was good. All right. When we come back, front page news is the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Yep, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee, DJ Envy. Uh, we got front page news coming up right now. Angela Yee? Yeah, so of course, we're all talking about the debates from last night. Did you watch? I did watch. I caught the uh, last two hours when I was on the plane. I saw a lot of people talking about who were the big winners and losers. Who did you like? I don't think that there was any winners and losers last night. Like, it's hard to watch those elections and not think Trump 2020. Not because the Democrats don't be speaking of things of substance, but because none of them are entertaining. And I hate to say it, but you got to be entertaining nowadays to capture the casual voters, to get get people energized about coming to the polls. I don't see anything transformative up there. 
All right. Well, I'll tell you what did happen. We'll give you some highlights. Now, Andrew Yang, you know, he's been talking about this dividend that he thinks people should get the $1,000, and he's going to test it out. Here's what he said. My campaign will now give a freedom dividend of $1,000 a month for an entire year to 10 American families, someone watching this at home right now. If you believe that you can solve your own problems better than any politician, go to yang2020.com and tell us how $1,000 a month will help you do just that. Uh, well, he'll get 10 extra voters because of that. Those, <laughs> those 10 families, he got them on lock. All right. Now, another thing that happened was Beto O'Rourke, people and everyone on stage is really commending him on his stance when it comes to gun control. Are you proposing taking away their guns, and how would this work? I am. If it's a weapon that was designed to kill people on a battlefield. In Odessa, I met the mother of a 15-year-old girl who was shot by an AR-15, mm -hmm. and that mother watched her bleed to death over the course of an hour because so many other people were shot by that AR-15 in Odessa in Midland. There weren't enough ambulances to get to them in time. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. Uh, I forgot Beto O'Rourke was even on that stage last night. You know what? And I think because uh, this is a debate, right? So everybody was going back and forth and trying to play each other. But everybody did big him up. And I think it shows also in a way that they're not feeling threatened. He just gets lost, man. Being a young uh, cisgendered uh, uh, male let's not make, loving Let's not make any assumptions about lost. what his gender or sexuality. We don't You're know. You're very true. But he got he gets lost on that stage. All right. All right. Now, Joe Biden, he was asked about uh, Barack Obama and the deportation policies when they were in office, when Biden was vice president and Obama was president and all the negative backlash they got. Here's what he said. You didn't answer the question. Well, the question yeah, is, did you, make the question. A, no, did you make a mistake with those deportations? The president did the best thing that was able to be done. At the How about time. you? I'm the vice president of the United States. All right, and what people don't like about Joe Biden is that he will invoke Barack Obama's name whenever it's uh, to his benefit. But whenever there's p policies that are questioned, then it's all of a sudden, well, it wasn't my decision. And one person that pointed that out was Julian Castro. My problem with Vice President Biden, and Corey pointed this out last time, is every time something good about Barack Obama comes up, he says, oh, I was there, I was there, I was there. That's me, too. And then every time somebody questions part of the administration that we were both part of, he says, well, that was the president. I mean, he wants to take credit for Obama's work, but not have to answer to any questions. He got a point. I did not say I don't stand. I stand with Barack Obama all eight years. Good, bad, and indifferent. It's a damn shame that Joe Biden is the front runner because you cannot look on that stage and say to yourself, he is like the runaway top tier candidate that the Democrats should be getting behind. Because I don't know what the hell Joe Biden be talking about 90 percent <laughs> of the time. He just be rambling. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your front page news. That's right. And a man who doesn't ramble is coming up next. His name is Malcolm Gladwell. Huh? Oh, Hitmaker's coming up next. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not as excited. Formerly known as Youngberg. Yeah, formerly known as Youngberg. But Young he's Bird. a great conversationalist, I will tell you that. Yeah. And uh, Hitmaker will talk about anything, and he does not hold back. Yes. Uh, he'll be here to talk about all the records that, um, that he's love. produced in the past couple of years. I didn't even know that he was doing all of this, this work that he's doing. Yeah, he doing. has a lot of number one records that he's produced. So he's made that pivot from being an artist known as Youngberg to being a producer, Hitmaker. Yeah, so we'll talk to Hitmaker when we come back. It's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ MV, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. I don't know if you should call him Youngberg or Hitmaker. Hitmaker. What, 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 what do you, do you prefer now? nowadays? Hitmaker. Hitmaker's mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. building. What up, sir? 
Oh, man, just chilling, man. How you feeling? Happy birthday. He's a Virgo as well, fellow Virgo. Yes, sir. You already know. So it's like Youngberg dead, kind of? Youngberg died, so hit maker Khalil. Hey. <laughs> Why didn't you do like a whole ceremony, like really play it up, make it a big thing? No, for real. I mean, the internet might have did it for me already, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I had to do what I had to do. That was one of the best rebranding situations I've seen. Yeah, I think in the last 10 years, it's probably been myself, 2 Chains, and Joe, Joe Button. Button. Yep, those three is Yeah, and now it's just crazy. Like, a lot of people didn't know. Like, even when I took the job to be vice president of Atlantic Records, like, I never did, like, a press release. I never did nothing like that because I knew this was going to hate. You know what I'm saying? I think it's it's better to stay low and keep firing. You got a job at Atlantic Records? Yeah, I'm vice president of Atlantic Records. I had no idea. Yeah. When the hell did that happen? Two and a half years ago. Wow. He's been making hits for a long time. And Joey trying to act like we in Atlantic Pocket? Hold on, hold on. And he in bed with you and you the VP of Atlantic? By the way. After the Breakfast Club interview. Yeah. After the Breakfast Club interview, what I do you became mean? vice president. My last interview here, mm -hmm. I, I um I took the job after that. And then we were up here talking. I think at that point, like I had a couple number ones. I did Big Sean Bounce Back. I did Chris Brown Party. And then going to Atlantic, man, in the last two and a half years, as a writer and a producer, I've sold over 15 million records with him. Congratulations, vice president of what? A&R, VP at A&R. Gave A Boogie his first number one record. Did Meek Mill first number one record. So... Divide. Talk that talk, that, that, maker. I love it, though. <laughs> so you, you and Jeremiah are partners still? No, nah, that, like, that's my brother. He changed mm -hmm. my life, like, for real, for real. When nobody was rocking with me, he took me on tour, and everybody know Jeremiah bounced to the beat of his own drum, like, so. We never seen him. Exactly. So I was able to have like 50 Jeremiah records. Nobody has Jeremiah hooks and all that other stuff, and I was able to run it up, and that really put me in a position to really, like, change my life for real, for real. Yeah, that's interesting because I always thought you guys were partners kind of in the... Or is it is it unofficially partners or... It's just my brother and we just work... Like, we're serial collaborators. Like, and, you know, we just work all the time. That's what's funny. The funny shit is that the girl from Love & Hip Hop, Hazel E, introduced me to Jeremiah. And um, wow. we went to the studio to do... A, well, Jeremiah came to do a record for her and then it turned into just me and him working and me giving a song to Meek and Meek and Chris Brown for his collaboration. So Love & Hip Hop helped your life? Love well, & Hip Hop was some bullshit. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm glad I made it out. Who is it? Me, Cardi B. I would say Kate Michelle, but she right back in his shits anyway. So Joe Button. Joe Joe Button right back He's in his. Still, still. He's what talking is, about made it out. What about like, Tierra Marie? You supposed to be the Tierra Marie? Nah, I feel bad for Tierra Marie. You should live some bread, bro. Yeah, hey. so she could pay fifty. No, she, she ain't got it. She ain't got it. <laughs> what do you mean back in the shits like? Back on I mean, the show. back on the show, back on the bullshit. Like I could just imagine oh, what yeah. Joe was gonna go through this season with him. You know what I'm saying? And his his baby mother not being together. Like they gonna they gonna spice that up for sure. I don't understand why he's back on Love and Hip Hop. The man told me he got a million dollars to do it. I still don't believe. No him. way. He's a liar. God <laughs> damn it. He's a hey, liar. You no, know that's a mother. Lie. Still don't Stop. believe. I thought you wanted Joe. to go back on the show at one point. Hell no. Not after they tried to trash me with that whole <laughs> shit. Hell with you, no. Because I don't understand why just be saying like that as if we not all in this business and Joe, we can't fact check. Joe driving around looking for cars. He might have no million money. dollars to be on no loving hip hop. You gotta ask Mona. Please. <laughs> yeah, that's how I did. one wouldn't approve that back. I wouldn't approve nobody. Now Bird, come on, Bird. Getting fifteen hundred dollars an episode. Exactly. Not getting no damn fifteen hundred. I'm not it. saying Joe is, but come on, you ain't no million dollars. Not a million. Or maybe they doubled up. Maybe they gave him five and gave Sin five, and that's Joe how you make five thousand. Now he's not doing no damn five hundred thousand for the season. For the season. Five hundred thousand. You think that? That sound kind of high too. Who you think is the most paid person on Love and Hip Hop? I would think Remy Ma and Pat Poos. Right like now, it depends. I mean, I don't really watch this mm -hmm. show right now. I don't know. Somebody in the backs of Rich Dollars. Shut up. <laughs> but then, you know what? You have a lot of connections on there because A1. I don't with A1. But you did. But I'm saying you did, did have you? a lot of connections. 
I don't with A1. At all? Nah. Why you don't with A1, Burke? Because, like, um, they put me in a mix of all that love and hip-hop You know what I'm saying? Like, I was trying to separate myself from that because I went through traumatic on the show. Like, they tried to, like, kill my whole career again. And, like, they put me around a bunch of bull And I was like, yo, keep that away from me. Then he went and trademarked. Like, I would always say, like, tuh. Like, that's my Then he yeah. went and trademarked my behind my back. Isn't that your album name? Yeah, he went and trademarked. And he has apparel and everything that says tuh. He gave us some I don't um, know. That, bags and What everything. does tuh mean? I would think that was an acronym if I saw it's it. It's just like like it, oh. it, it could be used for multiple different things, you know what Wait, I'm saying? Wait, he took that behind your back and trademarked it? Yeah, he did. That and y'all remember the video where they were on live in the studio mm -hmm. and people ran up in the studio? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was Cap, though. That was Love and Hip Hop Cap for them to add to their whole You oh, so that wasn't real. Show, man. Wow. wow. So that's what that's where we st we parted ways because I'm like, yo, if y'all could use me for that type of bait just for whatever y'all doing, then ain't no telling what y'all could do with me. And, like, I'm vice president of Atlantic Records. I can't be having no shit like that go on. You know what I'm saying? That's That was literally my place of business that Atlantic put me in a studio to be at. So wow. I had to cut that off for real. <laughs> so hold on. Did you know it was it was, it was was fake when it was happening? Um, He was just on Instagram Live. You know what I'm saying? Like, he would walk in and out the room and be doing a lot of different stuff. I didn't know nothing. Like, so when they ran up in there, you thought it was a real situation? Yeah. So that could have went bad. Like, yeah. Yeah, you could have had a gun, something could have, you know what I mean? Your people could have shot somebody like, yeah. Who you telling, Who you telling bro? Over love and hip-hop? So do you want to rap again? You don't want to be an artist anymore. Absolutely not. See, the thing is, is that a lot of people like, yeah, I'm a writer, yeah, I'm a producer, but I'm about to be the biggest executive in the game. Like, Craig Calvin going to have to get up out that seat for me. You know what I'm saying? One of these days, like, I'm about to be bigger than every executive out here because I actually have the relationships and I actually make these records. Like, when I created Dangerous for Meek, like, that was just something, me just being in the studio. We did that song in 30 minutes, and then it turned into being a big record for them. And I think that a lot of A&Rs, no disrespect to them, a lot of them are glorified middlemen. You know what I'm saying? They're just like, oh, I... I know this person, or they taking credit for records because they put somebody in the studio with somebody when I'm actually on the ground level getting my hands dirty with this, you know? But there is a talent to hooking people up and putting people with people as well. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. But because, my talent is just bigger. Right. I'm not on mm -hmm. You did on Craig Comedy just now. No, not that you I said care. I want his job. I got want his job. I'm supposed gotta, to aspire to that. Yeah. LA, LA Reed, I'm, all these different executives that I'm learning from, QCP, Coach K, like I'll look them in their face and be like, yo, I'm going to be bigger than you. And nothing wrong with that. Nah. But I will say uh, it's it's very hard for creatives to be in those seats. That's why a guy like Craig will be in that seat. Like, they don't put creatives That's in those That's a lie. Seats. Craig Calvin is a co-producer. I like it like that. Cardi B record with J Balvin and all them. He actually did. Yeah. He, he you go to Craig Calvin's he house. He, has, sample, yeah. he oh. has vinyl, like, all covering all the walls. So he picked the sample. Yeah. Okay. L.A. Reid, he's an executive, too. He was a music creator. He was a creator. Did he do so that's a, so, you, so that's a talent that's not a talent, like, on your level? As far as sitting down, actually doing a... Yeah, like, and really creating the stuff, I think that it's really more so, like, the blessed thing about what I do is that, like I said, like, I really... A Boogie had never worked with nobody like, like that, like, closely, because he just goes in the studio and just kills these records and goes crazy, and they plaque up and they go stupid. I was the first one for them to, like, really open the fold. We went to Hawaii. He gave me his whole album. Look back at it was a song that was like, we had that song for nine months. So me being vice president of Atlantic Records, I was able to hear the record. We was waiting on the sample to be clear. The song was actually five minutes and some change long. I took the record in Hawaii. I added the snaps to it and I restructured the record and made it a three-minute record. And it was our first number one again. Well, Craig, Craig Gottman might be the exception to the rule, but we're not going to sit here and act like these white executives be having talent. <laughs> like, come on, stop. Charlamagne said that. And they be culturally clueless like a mother. 
95% of the time. A lot, a lot of, of people. Do. It's a lot yeah. of nepotism that go on with this You know, like when one person get it up, they get a little homie the, the job. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which is nothing wrong with that as long as you qualify for the gig, you know? All right, we got more with Young Bird, a.k.a. Hitmaker. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're kicking it with Young Bird, a.k.a. Hitmaker. Yee. Yeah, let's talk about your project, uh -huh. right? Because you have Thought Box out now. Yeah, Thought Box just came out. The hell is Thought Box? It's my single. I hear it on Serious all the time. Yeah. Oh, so you said you don't want to be an artist, though. Huh? You said you don't want to be an artist. No. It's a Khaled type thing. It's a producer album. So okay. I had the pleasure to work with on Thought Box, A Boogie, 2 Chains, Meek Mill, YB and Amir, and Tiger are all on the record. So it's all uh so I would assume that it's pretty easy for you to get anybody to be on your album because you work with a lot of these artists and they want to get some beats from you. So do yeah. you do like exchanges? Yeah, we could, we could swap it out. Mm -hmm. I, that's what I did with everybody. Well, first and foremost, a lot of people will... I didn't got so much money and I didn't got so lit that I'm not really charging people. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I got a relationship with you, like a 2 chains, I've known him since he was Titty Boy. His record with Ariana Grande, Rule the World, his last hit, I did that. I didn't charge him, though. You know what I'm so saying? Too. That's how I was able for him to get on my record and everybody that's pretty much on that, on that, on the but song. But you still get your money from royalties, publishing, yeah. and all that stuff. I remember when Def Jam asked me what should be the single off 2 Chainz album, and I said that, and he was like, all right. No, matter of fact, they said anything but the Ariana Grande record. Mm -hmm. And look at it. It's about to get a plaque right now. That's, that's some of them people that don't know what the f*** they're talking about. Shout out to everybody at Def Jam. Maybe they was going through, you know, they just transitioning. They been hiring and firing people a lot. So, I mean, maybe they was tripping and lost in the sauce on that one. What did Hitmaker learn from Youngberg? Youngberg um, made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, uh, keep the right people around you. Never do too much. You know, I was wilding back in the day. Like I, wilding? Yeah, like I... Was you on drugs or drinking a lot? Like, what was it? I did ecstasy a lot back in the day. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like, it was good for me because I made all them hit records on it, and it was bad for me because, you know, you get out of character. And when you young and you just get millions of dollars out of nowhere, like, and you don't have no OGs, you don't have nobody telling you what to do, what not to do, how to move, not how not to move, you end up in some young bird. Mm -hmm. And hopefully you work hard enough to become hit maker. You have the most random stories, I'm sure. Oh, my God. Of things that happen. Yeah, dog. My life is a real movie. Like, you, for real, for real. You worked a lot with Nicki Minaj. Yeah. What did you think about her coming out and saying that she's retiring? Um, the thing is, with Nicki, I think that people feel like she's going through something right now, but everybody sitting in this room, no, that's just Nicki Minaj, yo. Like, you know what I mean? Time she didn't curse me out and oh, said hey, some of the craziest to that's me in the world. But on the so flip... what she said to you? <laughs> Oh, she Meek was gonna beat me up at one point when they was dating <laughs> and all that stuff. Yeah, like she and, no, she called me bitch ass eat a dick. I was on a Nikki hate train. And but my thing is like, yo, You I, are, you work for Atlantic. You know Atlantic had a plot. No, absolutely ab absolutely not. And uh, at the end of the day, I cannot say nothing bad about Nikki because yeah, she cursed me out and we we did a lot of mm -hmm. together. Like when I was when I was working with her, she really put her arm around me and really embraced me. And, like, I got a lot of clout, like, a lot of cool points because I'm right. in Nicki Minaj's studio every day. I ended up doing six records on her album. Mm -hmm. And um, it was great times for me, minus... But now that I got money and I'm rich, like, I can't be... It won't be tolerated, like, talking to me like that. I can't do it. Did she accuse you of being on the hate train because you work for Atlantic? No, nah, not at this all. She was, Yeah, she was actually proud of me. When I first got my gig, like I told her, she flew me down to Miami because, like, for a while, like... Her and Meek were dealing with each other, and I'm gonna keep it a hundred. Like Meek voted me off the island. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you, 
At that time? At that time, it was his girl. I was in the studio all the time with her, and I just think that it was like, yo, he got to move around. So they removed me. I moved around, and then when they broke up, she hit me back, and um, we ended up working a little bit. Why did he remove you? I'm confused. Why did he remove you from the studio? Just, it's just crazy times, Charlotte, man. It was just real crazy times. Well, like, you thought that you was trying to get with Nicki? Yeah. Was it justifiable? Could you understand it? The truth of the matter is, is that I didn't know him and Nicki were dating. Mm -hmm. uh, and you tried to holler? No. So I would see Meek out, and I'm like, yo, I'm finna go do this. Da, 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 da. I'm finna go do this with, with some hoes or whatever. I didn't know they was dating. <laughs> oh, so I'm in the studio just talking shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? I seen Meek earlier, you know, this, that, and the third, blah, blah, blah. We he was, was kicking it. Snitching. She went and snitched on me. Like, and like and I didn't know that they were dating at all. Oh. And that's how we got in. That's how it happened. So you would see Meek with sis. girls. No, now you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> now you're now you wrong. And Meek is my guy. So don't even do that. Meek was just at my birthday dinner. That's my dog. So don't even throw so me in the So you would call Nikki a hoe? No. <laughs> like, say he was out in the club and Meek was in the club. He said, oh, yeah, it was in the club. His mad hoes, Meek was there. He might not have been doing nothing. Oh, got you, 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 got you. Might be like, oh, so you was in the club with some hoes. Got you. You cleared that up for you, bro. Yeah. Thank you. I know what, I'm a woman. I know what it is. It was weird for me, too, because Safari was actually around at the same time, too. So, like, I would be in a studio with Nikki and Safari would be in a studio and then, but she was. I, I don't know. It was during that transition period. Yeah, it was a weird time. <laughs> when did you make the decision to, 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 like, I guess, fully commit to the hit maker thing? Um, I just realized that, yo, like, I got good product, but people didn't want it from me. They didn't want me to be the one that was delivering a message or delivering a song. So my first big ones were um, John by Rick Ross and Lil Wayne. I was Grammy nominated for that. Shout out to A.O. and Keys. You did John? Yep. Um, then my next big one was uh, Tamar Braxton, the one, and that's what um, prompted me to fly back and move back to L.A. Shout out to Vincent Herbert and Tamar Braxton. You know, that was that was a good look for y'all. Mm -hmm. For y'all. No boy. So like and Tamar, it's funny as hell, yo. It's funny as hell with Tamar, cause after I gave her the hit, like she went on a rant that I didn't do this and I didn't do that or whatever. And then I like I was that. at the BMI Awards and like I seen her and I touched her and she was like, Vince, he touched me. And I just touched her on the shoulder. I was like, damn, I just gave you a hit. And then from there, she What did Vince do when you when she did that? He was just like, hi Berg. Hey, yo, dog, Stop I don't want to look at no mean? man with their mouth open. <laughs> so why'd you work with Vince? Nah, listen, man. Ain't she, so she didn't realize that you worked on the song? Oh, she knew. Rest in peace, LaShawn Daniels, who just passed. She for sure knew that what I did and what my collaboration to the song was. They took my tag off the song. Damn. They went crazy on why? me. And then, I don't know. They didn't want to give me the credit. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't big enough at that point, I guess. And then... She all in my pictures, on my likes, my comments. So I guess she want another. Yo, Perk don't care, Is man. it better for you to, it, to lay low? Is it better for you to like stay yeah. behind the scenes and just write and produce? Or yeah, why, why would I want to work as hard as these got to work? Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm in a studio. You think I want to run around like for my single and for my stuff? I'm doing it strictly because they they said Youngberg was finished. He'll never have another hit record again. Youngberg is definitely yeah. finished. I went and I had hit records. Now I'm about to have a hit record with my but you own hit single. Maker, though. Exactly. You're not Youngberg no more. I mean, if I until I get a, a face off or something like that, I'm still gonna be me. You <laughs> know you what I'm saying? Huh? You married? No, nah, not at all. Oh, I see the ring on you on that ring finger. Uh, to the game. I'm like Marcus <laughs> Graham right now, for real, for real. Mm -hmm. All right, we got more with Young Bird, a.k.a. Hitmaker, when we come back. Let's get into his new joint. It's called Thought Box. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning.
That was Thought Box. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Hitmaker, Young Berg is here. Yee. Since you said uh-huh. that Love and Hip Hop tried to destroy you, that was yeah. the whole situation with Masika, right? Uh-huh. Where they said that you had attacked her, things uh-huh. had gotten physical. Have you guys resolved that situation since then, you and Masika? Me and Masika talk all the time. In fact, she actually came up here and told y'all that none of that shit happened as Charlamagne was sniffing her seat and all that other I remember I that interview. I sniffed Masika's seat. Yep. That must have been a long yeah, time ago. It had ago. to be about seven years ago. That was about four, four five nah, years ago. about six. Masika wasn't famous seven years ago, bro. Love and Hip Hop. Listen, uh, Sniffing Seat era was about six it. years ago. <laughs> Love and Hip Hop was 2014. <laughs> so it was, it was five years ago. <laughs> yeah, now, five, but there were, five, there were okay. also rumors that she was dating Jeremiah at a period in time. I think he smashed probably. I don't know. So does that make you feel the way knowing that was your ex and then she dated God. Jeremiah? And- no. You gotta love Bird. This is man. this Hollywood. Like, so let's be clear. Like, the whole cast, I probably smashed the whole cast of love and hip hop when we was on that. <laughs> it's mad women. I won't even say because I'm not a kiss and tail type dude. You just did. Smash you just kissed cast. the whole I cast. I ain't say no names. I'm just saying, like, it's Hollywood. You know how it go, man. It, we all, you know, kind of like. We all it's kind. like incestual. It's weird, but you know, I'm not on that no more. I will not be dealing with any leftovers from any uh, of my friends or colleagues that I work <laughs> with. Just know I will be importing and exporting or doing something out the norm because. 90 Day Fiance. No. I don't think I sniffed her seat either. Bro. You most definitely nah, sniffed. Sniff don't disrespect Masika like now that, you, man. You, you, you sniffed J Lo's seat. That's it. I don't. We might have to go That's back it. and look at that footage. It exists. I've only he would have made, made it up, though. No, I don't every, think that hitmaker would make that up. No, because we live in this era. Like you see something on the internet, you think that's it all the time. Like you know, you make little mama cry one Charlamagne. time. Like, oh, I watch. Mama. I watch all the Breakfast Club interviews. Thank you. Yes, you did, bro. I was a wild boy back then. Hey, black men don't cheat, Charlamagne. Not no more. We've all mm-hmm. grown. We've all evolved. You know what I'm saying? We different people. Now, are there Good people... morning, Masika. How are you? Yes. I don't. I don't like him saying that he you. Whatever he said. I did. Oh no, you said Jeremiah. No, he I he, yo, he, he, know. Yo, oh he do just said that. He, said he don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe don't know. I don't know. I mean, they did date. Is wasn't Why that words a, in that man's mouth? I yeah. They dated. Yeah. I thought that was something that was known. Like God, I didn't know that. That's new to okay, me. Okay, so hey guys, if you're dating and you're adult and it's year right. in 2019, safe to say you didn't got some some action. I mean, I wouldn't consider myself dating nobody if I haven't slept with him. Maybe. She might not want to give it to you yet. She might want to wait till marriage. You wouldn't be with somebody who's celibate? And... Nah, uh-uh. See, I, I got to smash the first night immediately. The first I don't, night? The first, you have yeah. to? Yeah, because I don't want to waste my time. What if you put in, like, two months into something and not get something and it, the sexual chemistry isn't there? What if you don't perform well that first night? I sold 20 million records in the past two and a half years. I shouldn't have to wait for no people. 28 and a half million oh, records, Charlamagne. Million. My bad. Eight number ones. So many top tens, I can't even really count them. But, I mean, it's what been a What if you perform terribly that first night? You ask for a do-over? You ever have to apologize? <laughs> it depends on wh- how I feel about the chick. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, sometimes, you know, it could just be, like, a, a in-and-out type situation. Or if I really want to go in, I would I would catch a redo. Don't Man. you feel like you have to represent in this climate? Because they'd be like, yeah, I was with Hitmaker, and I don't know why they call him that, because that hit did not make it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, shit, you got money, shit. You might not have to hit it as hard as you uh, think so. Oh, come on. For real, for People real. People talk. That, money money don't got nothing to do You know how much they done said about me? I do not care what <laughs> nobody got to say about me. Run my check. I'm happy. Are there people that you'll never forgive from during that era that might want to work with you that are big, but you're like, I'll never work with that trick, person? Trick, trick, Mano. It ain't no reason to work with Trick, Trick, or Mano anyway, right now. 
I mean, seriously. I mean, God bless them both for their careers. But I never, what what people didn't know about the fact that I never met Trick Trick a day in my life. I don't know that man. I don't know them people. And Mano, you know what I'm saying? He was a, he's a cool guy. Like, I just think that that got blown out of proportion. And that was something that he kind of took and ran with it on a little press publicity type of thing or whatever. But, Why you say there's no reason to work with them, though? Yeah, Charlamagne, you trying to get me in trouble right now? He paused. <laughs> no, I'm asking a question. I mean, he's I, still, I, listen they, Mano, they, I still listen to Mano. He might be I don't saying, listen to Mano. Yeah, I, I like Mano music. I mean, personally, I just don't feel like they're relevant to what's going on. I don't wow. think I'm catching a number one with them. Listen, I don't want to leave this out there because, you know, mm -hmm. everybody's grown, everybody's evolved. People mm -hmm. going to think you took a shot at Mano. They're going to think no, you took no, a shot no, at Trick Trick. No, absolutely Let not. Let them know it's all love. Absolutely not. I have nothing but love for Mano and Trick Trick. Those are things that happened over 10 years ago. I cannot carry that type of energy with me. No disrespect. I respect everybody. There you go. Mm -hmm. And when is the full album coming out? I'm going to just drop single after single after single and go platinum with all of them and then drop the album like Tiger and my going to go gold the first week. And what's the name of the album? Big Tough. Um, who else is on the album? The whole industry. <laughs> Charlemagne, Lil Duval. Black Man Don't Cheat remix on my uh, on my album. <laughs> Let's do it. I don't know if you into that, if you part of the Faithful Black Male Association. I can, though. You got to believe in me. You know, I got to get He's a part single. of that. Do you got a girl? You got a woman? No. Mm -mm. So, I mean, at some point. One? Yeah, of course. At some point, I got to settle down. I'm getting old. I got to share these experiences with somebody. It's not, That's what Kevin Lyle told me a long time ago. He said, mm -hmm. find somebody to share your experiences with. Exactly, because, like, you can achieve all these goals and then get all this wealth and get everything and then have nobody to share it with. And then you look back and just be like, damn, I just worked my whole life and now I don't got nothing. But... I'm still young, so probably like 35, you know what I'm saying? I get active. Yeah, Do you take you... girls like on vacation and things like that? Yeah, of course, yeah. Of course, why I, not? I'm just asking. I haven't seen no pictures of that, so. Nah, see, we keep it on the low. I ain't like Joe Button, like how he was just in uh, wherever Turks he and was. Yeah. I was there that same weekend he was there, too. I thought y'all was together. Hell no. <laughs> why wouldn't you be with Joe? What's wrong Joe with that? Joe's my man, but I wouldn't know. <laughs> you on vacation with Joe? <laughs> no. First of all, Joe was ducked off because Joe was with... Some, All right. Some oh, woman. I don't who know was who he, he was with, but he wasn't. Didn't know this Joe one. wasn't trying to run into none of us. Mm. <laughs> I seen her. She was very um, voluptuous, she to was say very the least. Thick. Yeah, Wait, you yeah, were in yeah, church yeah, also? Yeah. Nah, I mean, I oh. seen it on the gram just like oh, that. Okay. I hit him, though. I was like, yo, you at? And he was like, let's go get some. I said, let's go get dinner. And he was like, he hit me back the next month. He was like, man, I would have went out, but I was knee deep in some ass last night. See? That's what that sounds like a private conversation, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a private conversation. Yo, you're Charlamagne. The man is filming love and hip hop right now. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that to him, Charlamagne. <laughs> it's going to be next thing right now. But what, kind of, what kind of woman are you looking for? Um, somebody. Well, it's hard. It's Don't, hard. To dating. start with this, you remember last time no. you you asked they asked that up. question. Don't even do that. It's hard. Saying. It's hard dating. You know what I'm saying now because it's like you don't know if the woman. See, Charlemagne's situation is different. Your situation mm -hmm. is different. You both known your wives forever. That's a fact. So y'all really came to, from the mud together. Mm -hmm. Now meeting a chick like, like. I love the star tenders. I love the girls and starlets, but I can't <laughs> think that they can actually be one of my girlfriends. They Why don't know not? me. They're going to catch me throwing money at them. In fact, I've never been a starlet in none of them clubs either. I'm never going to your bar. <laughs> I'm you never giving it. You some of the pictures. You love the pictures. Gram? Lust. He Lust is crazy. Which yeah. one do you like the most? Bernice? She's not a starlet no more. No. She oh, she's not? Like uh -huh. six years. But oh, they got new star tenders? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know. They got new ones, bro. It's one called, named Nicole that's bad. It's one um, named Winnie that's bad. And they all cool people. You know mm -hmm. They got a grand? 
Yeah, for, for what? Black yeah, men don't cheat. Put I'm just looking down. to see. Put your phone down. You Black men don't look. You don't need to see, bro. <laughs> exactly. Black men ain't blind. Get your Bible, bro. <laughs> don't do that. Black men ain't blind. You know what? <laughs> he... I was gonna say Hitmaker. Hitmaker, Berg. We yo. appreciate Hitmaker. you for joining us, brother. Yo, I appreciate y'all having me, man. All right. What's your name? Nicole Wood. Hey! Hey, yo, chill, Charlotte, man. <laughs> you done made her hot. You get just made Bible, her hot. Bro. Bro, go get your Bible, bro. I'm just looking. All yeah, right, it's the hot. Breakfast Club. It's Berg, Hitmaker. Yes, sir. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On the Breakfast Club. So listen up. Yes, Stephen A. Smith and Markeith Morris started going back and forth on Twitter, and it's over that butt slap from back in 2017. Right. Now, Stephen A. Smith was on The Breakfast Club, and this is what happened. Have any athletes ever tried to hold your commentary against you? Have they ever All tried the to press you? They do it every day. Like, I'm talking about, like, press you, press you. Like, oh, yeah. Physically. Oh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, a couple. Didn't you get smacked on the butt once? Uh, that was by uh, <laughs> Morris for the Washington uh, Wizards. He just mean? slapped me after they had won a game. And, I, you know, I thought nothing of it until a couple of days later. He said publicly, well, I just did that because that's all I could do. And I was like, well, wait a minute. What? I thought you was playing around. <laughs> that's what you were doing? I'm like, that's what you, that's like, that, like you were serious, like you really? And I went on national TV. I said, let that happen again. I'm not going to lie. Somebody smacked me on my butt. I, I don't know how to take that either. That actually ha that happened to me, though. That happened. Remember when I was walking out the club and the guy smacked me on my ass and said, yeah, good job? Yeah, but you're not a, you know, it's different. He's an athlete. It's after a game, right? Yeah, but Stephen A. Smith ain't playing. I know, but he didn't think it was a big deal at that time, you know, until he heard differently otherwise. So uh, Keith Morris went on Twitter and said, Stephen A. Smith, stop being a tough guy behind cameras and mics. Have that same energy next time I see you like you had on The Breakfast Club. Sheesh. Stephen A. Smith responded, ain't about being done, tough guy, bro. I simply pointed out how I thought you were playing around a couple of years ago, and then you publicly stated what your real intent was afterward to someone in the media. So I said, had I known, it wouldn't have gone down like that, period. Boy, don't smack me on my ass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so there was some back and forth um, about that afterward. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I guess anything physical... You know, it's like insulting. Now, most of these guys are old. They ain't going to be out there fighting. They would look so stupid out you there fighting on the court. both of these guys are old. They are. They're older. Stephen A. Smith is 50 years old. They look crazy out there fighting on the court. All right. Now, little baby is going to stop smoking cigarettes. That's good news. The reason why he's decided to stop smoking is because he got his new teeth. He got his veneers in. So he said he's determined. Today is the day I stop smoking cigarettes. And he said, plus, I got new teeth. So well, F, whatever F the, the fact, reason is. F the fact that it could give you cancer and kill you, but damn, you don't want to mess up them new teeth. Come on, little yeah, baby. You definitely don't want to mess up them new teeth, but whatever it takes. I'm happy. I'm happy he stopped smoking, though. Shout out to little baby. All right, and Terrence Howard said he's quitting acting after Empire. He said he's done. He won't be pursuing any more on-camera roles, and that's that. He said, I'm done pretending. I don't know what's going on. It sounds like he's having a lot of issues in his personal life. I would hate to see him not act anymore, though. He's in some great movies. He's 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 light-skinned. He's like me. He's emotional. He overreacted. I'm sure he'll be back and say, you know what? It was a bad decision, a bad thought. He's just right now, he, like you said, he's going through it. Right. All right, now let's discuss Chance the Rapper. Now, he did an interview. He was on Big Boy, and he talked about a lot of different things, including Cardi B and Nicki Minaj's beef. Here's what he had to say. A lot of that stuff is produced, like all the information, the way that they phrase it to us, the mm -hmm. way that, you know, that they pit people against. And I think, I don't want to speak for them at all, but mm -hmm. I feel like to a certain extent, they got pushed into that, too. And I right. don't think that all of that was 100% their feelings. I mean, I don't know if it's manufactured. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think those two ladies had a, a, a disagreement somehow, some way, something didn't connect, and they just really don't like each other. 
Yeah. But I think that labels probably feel like they benefit off of it. Yeah, the f- they definitely benefit off of the beef. But, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people. I mean, there's some people out there that you don't like eating. It's not manufactured. You just don't like them. And that's cool. We could be in the same it's not on that le- It's not on that level, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I don't like you, I just ignore you and you don't exist. You're right. Me too. All right. Now, also, he, talk, he talks about being inspired to get married after a conversation that he had with Offset. He was like, everybody doesn't know this, but, like, this thing between me and Cardi isn't fake. We actually just got married in my backyard like a couple of weeks ago, and we didn't tell anybody. And this was before it got announced that he was married. This was before, like, everything that's happened through their relationship. And he was like, this is my wife. This is, like, who I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. So, like, just keep it real with me if you're going to do this. And I was like, before you said all that stuff, I wanted to do it, but now I'm going to do like, it, definitely. and I'm going to propose to my wife soon. Oh, you heard that. Oh. Yeah. So Seth, just being 100% clear about yeah. it, Offset, yeah, definitely uh, one of the big inspirations in me manning up. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, you want to get married in the, in the comfortability of your own house with your family around? I'm not mad at that. Yeah, and that's inspiring when somebody else you know and respect in the business and has done something that influenced him. So. Right. There you have it. All right. Well, I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. Now, when we come back, Charlamagne's giving somebody donkey of the day. Charlamagne, who are you giving that donkey to? Yes. Uh, what does your Uncle Charlotte always tell you? The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida, but Florida, you can breathe easy today. Uh, the Bronx has stepped up to challenge the crown on this fine Friday the 13th. We need a young woman named Ava Pena to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with her. I right, don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Hiring isn't easy, but there is one place you can go where hiring is simple and smart. That place is ZipRecruiter, where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash breakfast. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This don't be a donkey, because right now you want some real donkey donkey it's time for Donkey of the Day. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, man, <laughs> hit me with the heel. Did she get Donkey of the Day? Please tell me. I have become Donkey of the Day. The Breakfast Club, bitches. You're a donkey. Yes, Donkey of the Day for Friday, September 13th. Uh, unlucky Friday the 13th uh, goes to a woman named Ava Pena. Am I pronouncing that right? Ava Pena. Now, Ava is from the Bronx. And what does your Uncle Charlotte always tell you about the Bronx, okay? The craziest people in America come from the Bronx and all of Florida. And Ava is no exception because Avia is a sergeant for the NYPD. Now, we all know some police officers can be crooked. All cops aren't crooked, uh, but all aren't here to protect and to serve either, all right? Some cops abuse their power. Some cops think they are above the law. Well, Sergeant Ava Pena abused her power, people. Not only did she abuse her power, the hypocrisy is real because... Ava did something that she would usually lock somebody else for, somebody else up for. Let's go to News 12 Westchester for the report, please. NYPD sergeant suspended after going on an alleged shoplifting spree in Westchester. Now, police say instead of taking out her wallet to pay, Ava Pena stuffed about $350 worth of items into her purse. That happened at a Macy's in Yonkers. Authorities say she didn't get far, though. As she tried to leave the store, she was arrested. Pena now facing a petty larceny charge was suspended without pay from her job as an NYPD sergeant. Now, this is actually an indictment against the NYPD because Ava Pena clearly isn't making a lot of money. If she was, she wouldn't have to shoplift. And that's a travesty because public servants like teachers, cops, firefighters, they should be making top dollar. And they don't. And that's a damn shame because it leads them to committing crimes like this. But I don't have any empathy for her the same way they don't have empathy for people from the hood who sometimes have to take criminal chances to provide for themselves and their families. Now, I don't understand 
Why Ava just didn't rob some drug dealers? All right, pull over some guys who got drugs on them, take their money, and earn your $350 the good old-fashioned cop way. Have you never seen Training Day? Now, I don't know how long she's been on the force, but the starting salary for an NYPD officer is 42500 After five and a half years, 85000 plus. So I totally understand why you probably needed to steal out of Macy's. But the law is the law. Now you got a petty larceny charge and desk appearance ticket, all because you decided to steal some Tommy Hilfiger pants, a beaded guest shirt, and a lace guest dress. What do you think of that fit, Yee? You wearing that down down in Atlanta for You know what's weekend? interesting? Tommy Hilfiger is back. Really? Yes. When I was actually in France, they had huge Tommy Hilfiger stores and everything everywhere. So people are into it. I think Zendaya is a Tommy Hilfiger spokesperson. Really? So. Well, excuse me. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not mad at that. Now, guess. I don't know if that's back. A beaded guest shirt and a lace guest yeah, dress? Yeah, I don't know if beads and all of that is happen right now. Well, add her fit to the reason she's getting donkey today. <laughs> All right, some donkey of the days just sell themselves. Please give Ava Pena the sweet sounds of the Hamiltons. Oh, now you are the donkey mm. of the day. Ooh, you are the donkey of the day. Now, I do want to say we don't know that she wasn't stealing from these drug dealers. That is true. But if you were stealing from the drug dealers, you would have had $350 to be able to go buy out of Macy's. Yeah, but maybe she just likes doing that. Some so that would make her like, a kleptomaniac. Yeah. Okay. Could well, be. But maybe or maybe she's just addicted to it. Like, she's stealing from these drug dealers. It's easy. Let me go to the store, steal a little something. I understand the feeling. I still steal magazines right, right. now. Right. So now maybe you need to give yourself donkey of the day a magazine. Nope. I haven't gotten caught yet. If All I get right. caught and arrested, then yes, I'll definitely give myself well, a donkey watch today. this guy. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, coming up, my man Malcolm Gladwell will be here, okay? If you've ever read The Outliers, if you've ever read Blink, if you've ever read Tipping Point, if you've ever read David and Goliath, he's got a new book out called Talking to Strangers, and I promise you this book is so necessary for the times that we live in because none of us know how to communicate with each other. We'll be talking to Mac Malcolm Gladwell when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Oh, man. My Virgo brother. He was born on, on the same day, September 3rd, as well. Wait. Is there a connection? That is crazy. Yeah, I'm born on September 3rd. He's really? born on September 3rd. Yeah. Uh, Wax was born on September 3rd. Yeah. Uh, Charlemagne's uh, assistant was born on September Page. 3rd. Yeah. I think One Napoleon. of my best friends was born on September 3rd. Dr. Jessica Clemens. Napoleon was born on September 3rd. Wow. Mm. Really? Oh, Malcolm Gladwell, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. <laughs> Listen, Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Malcolm has a new book out, man, and some books are good reads, some books are necessary manuals for the times that we live in, and that's exactly what I think Talking to Strangers is, man. A manual for the times that we live in. What we should know about the people we don't know. I think this is your best work. Really? Oh, I that's think very, so, that's... first and foremost. But what is this book about? It's, well, it starts uh, with the story of Sandra Bland, mm -hmm. which is what inspired the book. Uh, and it ends with the story of Sandra Bland, and the middle is an attempt to figure out what happened. Mm -hmm. Because, I don't, for some reason, I don't really have a good explanation why. Of all of those cases, in that, I guess it was like th a three-year run where all those cases were in the news, that was the one that got me. You used Amanda Knox, you used Brock Turner. No, I'm talking about of all those oh, of oh, all police, those police, police cases. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. From Michael Brown on. Mm -hmm. They were all horrifying in their own way, but that one I could not get that one out of my head. Yeah. Because it was so I mean, it's the middle of the day in a you know, in a college town in Texas, mm -hmm. a young professional woman driving down the street 
pulled over for no reason, and then it just completely unravels. Our first day there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. First day there. And the, and the weird thing, of course, of that case is that we have the, the whole thing is videotaped. So there's no dispute about, usually in those cases, there's a dispute. The officer says, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. The other person says, well, this one is like, we know exactly what happened. Right. And so I decided, and I got obsessed with that tape. Mm-hmm. And I decided it's so weird to think that this completely trivial encounter could spiral out of control and end in Sandra Bland being dead three days mm-hmm. later that I decided it, it was sort of... And I also realized that that encounter was somehow typical, mm-hmm. that an awful lot of the big, uh, high-profile cases that we were obsessed with were all about the same thing, which is about mm-hmm. strangers meeting each other and something going wrong right. and them misunderstanding each other. Miscommunication. So that's, that's, where the, that's where the book begins. Mm-hmm. You said that the death of Sandra Bland is what happens when a society does not know how to talk to strangers. Like, expound on that a little bit. Well, if you... So a lot of the, the what I'm focused on in the book is what are the ways in which we get other people wrong? Um, what are the things that lead us astray when we're meeting someone for the first time? And then that encounter with the, the thing that becomes clear, particularly if you listen, the cop gives this deposition mm-hmm. in during the investigation. And he it's totally weird deposition, but it becomes clear that he's terrified of her mm-hmm. because he becomes convinced that she's dangerous. Mm. And... Uh, he completely misreads what she is is upset mm-hmm. but he completely misreads someone's um, discomfort and anxiety and anger at being pulled over as threatening behavior but doesn't right? everybody get upset when they get pulled over exactly so no. wouldn't any cop feel like I think nobody's ever really that pleasant when they get mm-hmm. pulled over especially for something that a lane change or whatever but it was did nothing wrong that Sam? she got pulled over for yeah. I felt like it was his ego because he yeah. didn't like the fact that she lit the cigarette Right. And he didn't like the fact that she wouldn't get out of the car because it felt like his ego wanted him to wanted her to just bow down to whatever it was that he was telling her to do. Mm-hmm. And she was challenging him. Yeah. No, he clear he very quickly gets in over his head, mm-hmm. but he gets in over his head, I think, because he makes a series of very rapid assumptions about her that are completely false. Right. And that's what that is, that part of it. And also, secondarily, that he's been put in a position like, if you go into that cop's history, you realize he was stopping everyone for everything. So this is not some random encounter for him. This is part of a practice, not just of him, but of police officers in general. They are in, there's a philosophy of policing that requires them to go out and stop anyone who looks even remotely suspicious on the off chance they might be doing something wrong. If you do that, you're going to get into trouble, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to force, you're going to be put police officers in situations where they're they are required to make very rapid assessments of people that are going to be erroneous. And it's that kind of group of factors that in, that interests me. And I think that shows up, like I, like Charlamagne was saying, the, the book talks about Brock Turner and Sandusky and Amanda Knox and Bernie Madoff. They're all versions of the same thing, which is people meet a stranger and they just totally get them wrong. Right. You yeah. really liked Bernie Madoff. Oh, I love I love that case is... Uh, is uh, it's fascinating on so many levels because it's like super, super, super smart people or people who consider themselves really, really smart were completely taken in by him, which I just find kind of hilarious. Like, mm-hmm. there's a certain superiority among people on Wall Street that you think they're above all this kind of stuff, and the truth is they're completely not. Is that the uh, friend's fallacy? Would that be considered? Well, partner? so, if, yeah, I have a chapter... Chapter 6. Chapter 6, which is, I start with an episode of Friends... And point out that you can follow an episode of Friends with the sound off. Because every single emotion 
that any character of Friends has is displayed perfectly on her face, mm -hmm. right? And I had an ex a, a psychologist who's an expert in facial expressions go through the episode. And, you know, if Joey is angry, Joey's face looks angry. Mm -hmm. If Monica is, like, surprised, her jaw drops and her eyes grow wide. And we, if you watch things like that, you get the impression that that's the way the real world works, that you can reliably predict how someone's feeling from their expressions. But in fact, that's not the way the real world works mm -hmm. at all. And this is a source of big trouble, particularly for police officers who have a whole series of things in their head about what guilt looks like mm -hmm. or what suspicion looks like or what nervousness looks like. Mm -hmm. If you avert your eyes, an incredible percentage of cops think that if the person they're talking to averts their eyes, it means that they are hiding something or they're guilty. Mm -hmm. That is not what it means. Mm -hmm. On Friends, that's what it means. Right. But in real right. life, people avert their eyes for all kinds of reasons. Right. Sometimes, there was an incredible... Do you remember that show? Um, remember Cops? Yeah. Story. Cop, of course. There's a guy, there's a psychologist who does this hilarious study where he looks at like four years of Cops episodes. And he... Because in Cops, you always know whether the person who's being interviewed is guilty. You find out whether they're guilty or innocent, right? Correct. So he looks and it compares the facial expressions of the guilty and the innocent people on cops. It's real world. Mm -hmm. Camera's running. It's not in some lab. It's like, and what he finds is there's incredible differences in the way that guilty white people, black people, and Hispanic behave. And also incredible differences in the way that, that innocent white people, black people, and Hispanics behave. It's just different cultural ways of... Mm -hmm of managing a situation when you're talking to a police officer. Mm -hmm. Right. But you, so you can't have one fixed notion in your head about what innocence looks like if you're out in the real world where people are different. At right. all, even if I know I'm not doing anything wrong and a cop pulls up next to me or behind me, I get instantly a little nervous. Yeah. Even though I'm not breaking any law, I'm not doing anything wrong, I'm not on my phone, my seatbelt's on, yeah. all my paperwork is right, and I'm like, oh my God, they're about to pull me over. See, and I'm the opposite. Yeah. I don't get nervous at all. I get more aggressive because I know I did nothing wrong. Yeah. So it's totally two different situations, you know? I, yeah. I, I agree with you, but isn't that kind of dangerous on both sides? Like, because you can judge somebody off their demeanor, and a lot of mm -hmm. times when you grow up in a certain environment, mm -hmm. that is actually a survival tactic, because a lot of times you are correct about people. Like, you even speak about in the book how yeah. people, uh, cops can tell when somebody has a gun on them. Well, they think they can. Yeah. I don't know whether they're... There was one cop who was really good at this back in the day, but he couldn't teach anyone how to do what he did. So, I mean, I think there are... Very limited, rare examples of people who are good at that. But basically, I think a lot of people in these professions are just way overconfident in mm -hmm. their ability to read people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's we have to sort of deal with that fact, I think, if we're going to, uh, uh, if we're going to prevent these kind of cases in the future. All right, we got more with Malcolm Gladwell. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Malcolm Gladwell. Charlemagne? Let's, yeah. talk, let's talk about the Kansas City experiment a little bit. You talk yeah. about the, the, the fundamental misconceptions that police officers carry. Yeah. It's not an individual problem. It's a system. It's a system. Thing. So this is, this is something I've been, like, banging on a while, on for a while. Um, and... I thought of this, actually, this is a little tangent. In that, when Donald Sterling is forced out as the owner, owner of the Clippers, Clippers. Mm -hmm. and it's because he makes those comments to his girlfriend, right, about how he doesn't want her posting pictures on Instagram. <laughs> and if, Ramona Shelburne has this amazing podcast about the case. I listened to it, and I was struck by the fact that Shel uh, uh, Sterling is someone who, over the course of his career, twice there were actions brought by against him by the Department of Justice and by the... On the because he was discriminating against black people in his housing developments, mm -hmm. right? In his apartment buildings. The NBA doesn't do a thing. No one says a peep. He's, everyone's fine with it. 
Life goes on. And then he makes these comments to his girlfriend, and mm-hmm. boom, the world blows up. Mm-hmm. And the, Matt Barnes, God bless him, makes the most in- interesting and intelligent point in the entire podcast. And he says, wait a minute, like, we knew about this guy for 25 years, and now you're getting upset? Mm-hmm. And it's, the, it's this weird thing in society where the personal... Uh, if someone personally is racist, we go crazy. But if they are systematically doing something, <laughs> we're like fine with it. Like mm-hmm. it is a hundred times worse if you don't let black people rent apartments in your building right. than if you say something racist to your girlfriend. Yeah. Just as like it is a hundred <laughs> times worse that there is voter suppression in Georgia than the governor of Virginia wore blackface. Like who cares? It. I mean, are we really surprised that a middle class, a middle-aged white guy from Virginia who was a frat boy in college at some point in his life was in blackface in the seventies? Yeah. I mean, that does not surprise me, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we got upset about that, but the fact that Stacey Abrams probably lost because of some really nasty—that's something that like fades away mm-hmm. after. So there's this weird thing where sis, stuff that's about systems just goes over our heads, and personal stuff gets us crazy. We do that every day with Donald Trump? We do that every day with Donald every Trump. Every single we get day. obsessed with the... So, in with cops, the real issue with Sandra Bland is... I mean, it is an issue that this guy is a racist. The larger question is that there is a philosophy of policing that says it is legitimate for police officers to go everywhere, even neighborhoods where there is no crime, and stop people just because they believe in the back of their head there is a tiny chance they may be doing something. Mm-hmm. That is a, that's not something that individual cops do on their own. It is something they are taught to do. Right. And that part, that's the, that's the outrage. Yeah. Right? Who cares whether when this guy goes home at night, he has a Confederate flag on his wall. Right. The issue is that there's a system that is, that is in place. And I, what I want to do with this book is kind of get our focus back on the on, the, on the, 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 the systematic things that... I, I agree with you, but when you take somebody who... When you, when you have a system like that, but then you take somebody who may be a racist or may be a bigot, doesn't it make them easier for them to, you know, exert that racism and hatred on people? It does. But I don't know... I was run up against this thing with racism, was, which is... So some percentage, significant percentage of people, I don't know what it is, no one does, but are probably on some level racist. I don't know what you do about that, Mm. right? Like, do you, I don't know how you get rid of them. I don't know how you change their minds. All you can do is you can change the system in which they're operating, or you can, so that their racism doesn't harm people as much. Mm. Well, let's talk about your um, experience with Bernie Madoff. Yeah. And how you had to sit down with him and what your thoughts were. I sat down with, not with Madoff, but with the guy who caught Who caught Madoff. Yeah, Harry Markopoulos, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, who is, you know, I think it can be said, uh, a very weird dude. <laughs> um, so he's the he's the guy who, ten years before anyone else, figured out that Madoff was crook. He knew. Um, he sort of, but the, the problem with this guy is, is, is he's this kind of um, he's a hedge fund guy from Boston. He's super smart, but he's completely paranoid. And the reason he doubts Madoff is he doubts everyone. But you don't. The, my point in that chapter is. You actually don't want to be that guy. You don't want to live your life thinking everyone is potentially bad. dangerous or bad. Yeah. Or it's like I think this guy—he strikes me as the most deeply unhappy. <laughs> but like, you don't want to be the opposite either. You don't want to be that guy that trusts and believes in everybody why either. Not? Why not? Because that's what most people get got. That's what most people get scammed. That's what most yeah. people get taken advantage of. I think. I think you can use common sense and, like, I like to think that you 
trust people until they give you a reason not to. Some people look at it, I don't trust anybody until they until I know them better and I vet them out and it takes a long time to earn your trust. But I feel like, mm-hmm. okay, what you show me is what I'll take it at face value until you prove to me otherwise. Yeah. I I think I tend to err. I mean, you're right. You don't want to be completely gullible. Mm-hmm. You, there's some middle ground here. But I really think that happiness lies on the... I would rather be occasionally scammed and, oh, you know, trusting than be on the other side of the equation and be sort of paranoid. What about can you, you know, get somebody based off how they treat other people? Well, so this... Actually, this is an interesting question. So let's say you were... Journalists face this question all the time. You're writing a profile of someone and you have a choice. You can either interview the subject of the profile for as long as you want. Or you can never meet that person, but you get unlimited access to everyone in their life, mm-hmm. all their friends, coworkers. Which do you, if you want to write the most accurate picture of this person, which do you choose? I would say everybody else in their life. Yeah, I think that's that's a better shot at who they are, mm-hmm. right? Because they're you meet someone for an hour. This goes to my point in the book. It's really hard to get to know a stranger quickly. You meet someone for half an hour in a job interview, mm-hmm. and they are putting on their best face. Yeah. They're not being themselves. But if you had unlimited access to everyone, all their former co-workers, old employers, family, they're going to give you a far more nuanced picture. This is my last question. In Chapter 12, titled Sandra Bland, you said we are inept when it comes to talking to strangers and we think we can transform the stranger without cost of sacrifice into the familiar and the known, and we can't. Then you ask the question, what should we do? So what should we do when it comes to talking to strangers, Malcolm Gladwell? We should be... We should. There is no easy... First of all, there's no simple... Um, this is not a book ends with this kind of perfect. No. It ends in a pretty dark place. But um, I think we have to be a lot more cautious in the judgments we make of others. Um, uh, and we need to be, be a lot more humble in our, uh, in our uh, understanding of how good we are at reading people. So don't jump to the conclusion. You know, if you're a police officer and you're walking up to Sandra Bland's window and you think you're, you're faced with a behavior you can't make sense of, don't jump to a conclusion that she's dangerous and out to get you. Right. right? Slow down. Ask her questions. Be a nice person. I mean, there's no... This is simply a... Uh, the, the lesson of all this is that we're just... I don't know why we're in such a hurry to, to, to pigeonhole people and describe them and... Um, and try and identify their patterns and behaviors. Because I got to get these retweets. Yeah, I got to get these like, likes. Okay, yeah. I got to get these Instagram comments before everybody else. That's why. Yeah. So I got to jump to conclusions. It's not, it's not, it's not healthy. Listen, but. man, this is a great book. I think this is the second most important book I read this year. Oh, that is. Well, not that? second best, but like, you know, <laughs> I read two important books this year. What was the other one? Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. Oh. Great read. Yeah. And this Talking to Strangers is a must read. So I think everybody should read it. Thank you so much. Do you right, think well, it's your best work? I think it's my angriest work. Mm-hmm. Mm, I didn't get that. Oh. I got concerned. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get angry. Well, that's what, I'm a very, you know, I'm a very mild Canadian. That's what anger looks like <laughs> in a mild Canadian. Got you. You can't okay. read it the same way on him as someone else. Exactly. All right, well, the book just came out, so we just got our copies. Thank you so much, Malcolm Gladwell, talking to strangers. All right, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Yes, Dennis Rodman says that he thinks 10 to 20% of pro athletes are gay. 
And the NBA is ready for an athlete to come out. So he said he doesn't think that people will be shocked by an athlete coming out and will be supportive, saying as long as he plays and performs, does it even matter? Yeah, nobody cares, bro. If you, if you, and I don't mean nobody cares about your life. Nobody cares about your lifestyle. Like, well, no, people do care. Let's be clear. You think so? In 2019? Absol- yes, people are still getting beat up on the street randomly, kill gay slurs. Just post something and say that you come out and see all the people that comment under your picture yeah. and say nasty, mean things. So, yes, people do care. Yeah, but in the NBA, it's a different ball game because these guys are millionaires. These guys can ball. If you can actually play ball, they're not going to care if you're gay in the NBA. Like, I mean, like in an ideal world, that would be great. In the world that we live in, I don't think that's the truth. And, and let's be clear, Jason Collins, nobody knew his name until he came out. One of your former Brooklyn Nets, ye. Nobody let's knew who Nets. he was. He came out and it was love. He mm-hmm. got to play another year or two. All right, now Cardi B, she is leading the 2019 BET Hip Hop Award. She has 10 nominations. So congratulations to her. That's a huge deal for okay. uh, Cardi B. Uh, Drake has seven nominations, and uh, Cardi B, by the way, she won four last year at the BET Hip Hop Awards, so congratulations to her. I'm pretty sure she's going to win a lot this year as well. Uh, Christina Milian, she was talking about hacking into Nick Cannon's phone. You know what? It's crazy. When I used to work at Sirius a long time ago, I remember this story because Nick Cannon told me about it. She hacked into his phone, and that had a lot to do with them obviously breaking up because he was doing a lot of stuff. Why are you so, talking about that now, though? Been well, broken she was for de- to, a decade. She was on E! News Digital Series Just the Sip, and she looked back at the time when she did that. So I guess it's just something that happened to her. She thought things were going well. I remember he was telling me about this. He was like filming a movie or something. Uh, One of them was out of the country filming a movie. And here's what she had to say. When I was dating Nick Cannon, I like the password somehow worked on on the first check and I was right. And then next thing you know, I was reading for like a month, I was reading messages. I was stuck in Romania. I had time. So I was like, I cannot bust him while I'm away. I need to bust him in person. So in the meantime, I'm gonna get my intel. Make sure that this is for real, for real. And it was for real, so it was enough. Yeah, she was in Romania filming something, and he didn't think it was a big deal. I remember him discussing it, but I'm sure he's going to address it as well. All right, now Kanye West, the new Yeezys, a lot of people are laughing at those. They Crocs. The Yeezy foam runners. Yes, they are Crocs. They look like Crocs to me. You like them? No. Are you going to wear them? No. What if they're comfortable? No. Oh, uh, let's see. That's a different ballgame. <laughs> now, now you pause. Yeah, now it's a different ballgame because I'm, I'm at that age where comfortability means more to me than how something looks. Did you get rid of those corns? Uh, I got I got one shaved off my left pinky toe, but it's starting to come back. But she told me that that was probably going to happen. And it, 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 when I got it shaved, it was months and months ago, so I just need another shave. Okay, so you shave your toe. All right, so maybe those Yeezy Crocs might do the trick. Yeah, but they look stupid. <laughs> all right, and Odell Beckham Jr., he is, uh, as you all know, playing for the Browns now, and he talks about a situation where he said that uh, Browns players were instructed by their former coach, Greg Williams, to injure him during a preseason game in 2017. So he's going to be playing the Jets, and right now Williams still coaches his players to hit dirty in his current position on the New York Jets, according to Odell Beckham Jr. Here's what he said. Like in preseason, like nobody in the NFL is really out to do stuff like that. I mean, you know, I had players on this team telling me that that's what he was telling them to do, take me out of the game in this preseason. So you just you just know who he is. Well, that's whack. Yeah, that is whack. The fact that you can have done that and then get back into the league afterwards. Yeah, I don't think that you truly love the sport if you want to see the best players in the league or any player in the league, you know, uh, get hurt on purpose. You know what I mean? Like that's whack. 
Right. And by the way, why it's would you do a- it? Why would you do that as a player? It should be a code amongst players. Like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Because I don't want anybody to do that to me. Absolutely. Mess that man's livelihood up. You can't provide for his family. That's lame. Because it's already dangerous enough. Rob Gronkowski said he's probably had 20 concussions in his life from playing football. And he said he even had five blackout moments. Mm. So imagine that. Also, I just want to make sure you guys know that Angela Rye is hosting a BET town hall on the mass student debt crisis and voter empowerment. And that's all having to do with this whole presidential candidacy. So that's going to be airing on Sunday at 9.15 p.m. on BET. That's right. Y'all support my sister. I'm actually headed to go see my sister right now in D.C. Congressional Uh, Black Caucus is this weekend. That's right. I'm moderating a panel today for the Congressional Black Caucus. And the panel is uh, brought to you by Fourth Movement. And it's could cannabis licensing be reparations? That is the question that they're asking. And Michael Eric Dyson and Kareem Webb, Marquise Dawson, Representative Karen Bass, Corey Aldria, Ron Holmes, they're on the panel. So I'll be moderating. That. So I'll see y'all in D.C. in a couple hours, all right? Meanwhile, I'm in Atlanta for the Revolt Music Conference, showing that support. And the Envision Conference is also this weekend back in New York. And I have another surprise for you. We are giving you the chance to win one of 10 trips to New York for Powerhouse NYC, complete with a round-trip airfare for two people. You get two nights hotel accommodations. You get those sweet tickets. And, of course, you get the chance to meet the Breakfast Club. This all goes down at the Prudential Center, October 26th. That features the Migos, Meek Mill, Lil Baby, A Boogie, The Baby, David O, Megan Thee Stallion, Saweetie, Polo G, Little TJ, and more. So make sure you just text today's keyword to 37911. That's how you enter for a chance to win. And of course, this is presented by our friends at AT AT&T. That's right. Uh, Gotta say peace to revolt. Y'all be cool, all right? It's The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, we got a shout-out to Malcolm Gladwell for joining us this morning. Salute to Malcolm Gladwell, man. You have to get talking to strangers. It is a must-read. It is a book that is necessary for the times that we live in right now. Right. And also, shout to Hitmaker, a.k.a. Youngberg, for stopping through. Please, Mano and Trick Trick, don't slap Hitmaker. <laughs> he knows not what he do, man. You, yeah, he you, try, you try to clear it up for him. I know, but he knows not what he do. You right. know what I'm saying? Because by the time that message get back to Mano and get back to Trick Trick, yeah. they're going to be hitting our phones, asking us what he said, and I'm going to tell him, go watch the interview, because... You tried to clean it up. I tried to clean Hitmaker ain't had to do it. But right. he don't know no better. He don't know no yeah, better. Yeah, he, he can't help it. All right. Hey, hey, salute to everybody in D.C. too. I'm going to be in D.C. I'm going to be at the uh, Congressional Black Caucus um, 2019 this afternoon. I'll be in the Walter E. Washington Convention Center uh, having a conversation, moderating a conversation, actually, about could cannabis licensing be reparations? You know, uh, Dr. Michael Eric Dyson is on the panel. Mm -hmm. My man uh, Marquise Dawson is on the panel. Representative Karen Bass is on the panel. My man Kareem Webb is on the panel. Uh, Ron Holmes is on the panel, and Corey Alegria is on the panel, and they're going to be discussing could cannabis licensing be reparations, which is something a lot of people have discussed. My man Killer Mike has the best take on it, if you ask me. I wish he was on the panel. He says that it should be reparations for the drug war, but not for overall African Americans, you know, because that should just be a check. But, you know, we'll be discussing that today. I'll be moderating the panel. All right, I'll be... uh Today and tomorrow, I'll be in Vegas for the uh, Mr. Olympia competition. Okay. You know, I've been working out, so I'm I'm one of the uh, the contest the uh, contestants. 
So, no, I'm not. I'm just DJing. Now, you but, just out there watching men in Speedos. <laughs> Oil, you out there watching oiled up men in Speedos. But you know what, Envy? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, so I ain't judging. I'll be out there. Shout out a little bit less of this Saturday. I'll be out in Chicago, all right? Yes, and y'all know I'm in Atlanta. It's the Revolt Music Conference, so I'll be out here um, for today just because we have a, a nice kickoff, which Diddy will be attending as well as the CEO of Revolt and all the executives from AT&T. And then we have a meet and greet later today. I believe it's Remy Ma and Joe Button and Ebony K. Williams will be there. And in addition to that, I have my juices out here, my Drink Fresh Juice. So if you want to sample that, have some drinks, I'll be at the gathering spot tonight out here in Atlanta. And then we also have the Envision Conference this weekend, and that's going to be back in New York. So make sure you look at my Instagram for details on that. But I'll be speaking at Envision, and I will also have my juices there for sampling Drink Fresh Juice. When we come back, positive note, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. It's time to get up out of here. Charlamagne, you got a positive note? Yes. Uh, my positive note comes from the good brother, Malcolm Gladwell, who we had on today, man. Malcolm Gladwell said in Outliers, practice isn't the thing you do once you're good. It's the thing you do that makes you good. Breakfast Club, bitches! Are y'all finished or y'all done? <laughs> 